Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am talking to you right now from my brand new podcast station, which I feel really crazy good about. We have something really exciting that I'm about to launch in a little bit, something podcast related, and it kind of made me want to get my shit together a little bit. So (laughs) yesterday we created two set podcast areas that are permanent and set up. You know how normal people who record a big show, they have like a recording studio or a recording room or recording booth where they go. I don't have that. I just, I sit on the floor in my bedroom or, you know, I I lug podcast equipment from the office and then back home. Or we always have at least one or two moments every week where there's like a panic because no one can find the SD card and we're missing things. It's just, you know, this recording, this show is kind of like my life, a little bit hectic, (laughs) kind of messy, but most of all, really beautiful. So getting my things, my shit together before this next phase of podcasting made me want to really create a set area, one at the studio and one at home. So right now, instead of sitting on the floor the way I normally do when I open this show, I'm sitting at a desk. I have a desk for my podcast now, (laughs) proper desk. I've never had a desk in my house ever. I've never had a workstation or anything like that. We usually work around the kitchen table or I sit on the couch or I sit outside or I sit on the floor most of the time. But now I have a desk and I lit a scented candle on this desk. I have a big glass of water, a cup of tea, looking out at what's actually a remarkably beautiful sunset right now. It's There's something special in the air. I don't know. The, the past couple of sunsets here in Aruba have been mind-blowing and beautiful and I can just tell we have another one coming. So that's that's my surroundings right now. Where are you at? What are you doing? What's moving through your life? How about just wherever you are right now, take a moment to look around you and do it with 
with a little bit of mindfulness. So even if you, you know, you're at the office and you've been there all day or, you know, you're in transition, you're doing something, you're at home, whatever's going on, just take a moment right now and kind of look up and look around. Maybe take a really deep breath. Let's take a deep breath together. So full, full inhale. And gently exhale. And try to become, with your eyes open, just very, very present with your surroundings right now. So noticing what you have around you in this moment. What are your surroundings like? Are you outside? Can you see the sky, nature? Are you inside? What's that like? Are there people around? Are you in silence? Is it quiet? What's going on? I, I like to have little moments of my day where I kind of force myself to, you know, check in and look up. So not just looking within and closing the eyes, but also lifting my gaze, looking around me to, to recognize the mundane beauty that's all around. And it requires like, sometimes I feel like I need to set a little alarm on my phone, especially if I've had a challenging day and my mind tends to drop into complain mode. I had a very complaining type of day today for a variety of reasons. I really don't enjoy having those days and I need to snap out of that space. So what I do if I'm feeling negative or low or just, oh, nothing's going my way today is I have one of those moments where, okay, look up, you know, so what's the reality of my situation right now? Because the story I tell myself in my mind is very rarely the same or actually even in, you know, relating to what's presently unfolding in my actual life, in my actual body and around me in this moment. The, the inner story, the mind story, the inner critic, it tells, you know, tales of how everything is so hard and so difficult and so terrible. But then, you know, look up, look, look outside, look around. You know, maybe you're at home right now. You're, are you blessed with a home that you love? Do you have a little nook where you like to curl up and listen to this podcast? Do you have a special area around your house that's beautiful? Are you outside? How beautiful is that? Even if it's a gray day or whatever, you know, the ability to go outside and take a walk and breathe fresh air and, you know, look up, look around you. And take a moment to find some sort of beauty in this moment, wherever you are. Yeah, wherever you are, whatever's going on. And you might be in a city, you might be on the subway, you might be somewhere totally crazy, you know, who knows. But take a moment to become really present with what this moment has brought you. And appreciate that for a moment. So for me right now, that means... Hey, I'm really appreciating the fact that I can see the ocean right now. I can see the sky. I can see the desert, the cactus. I, I live in this remarkably beautiful place, but I actually, you know, it's with, with anything. We become really used to our surroundings, I think. And I think for someone who lives in a city, the thought of living on a Caribbean island, you know, probably sounds absolutely amazing. And for a lot of people, that's a dream and all of that. You know, I spend very little time actually going to the beach or actually swimming in the ocean, actually taking time to enjoy the beauty of this of this area that I'm in right now. Um, I, I kind of, you start to take it for granted after a while. Like if you live in a place with no sunshine, you crave sunshine, you need to take a vacation, you need to go and see the sun and feel the sun on your skin. If you live in a place where it's sunny all year round, you just want to avoid the sun. Like, oh my God, like, you know, it's, the sun is really intense. It's overwhelming. It's too much. So everything is, is relative. But I feel in this moment, speaking from the heart, how, how, how am I doing? 
I just shared on Instagram a second ago. I was I was actually at the beach today, had a pretty intense work day, and then took a break, went to the beach with my mom and 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 uh, and Dennis and the baby, and uh, it was it was really beautiful. And I just shared on Instagram a second ago that, you know, I'm, I'm on my way to record the podcast. Does anybody have a question or anything? I should, you know, something specific you want me to talk about this week. And then I share that kind of when I'm on my way to record this show, I feel like I'm on my way to therapy. <laughs> that's, that's the feeling in a way. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to do this thing now that sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's just super releasing, but it's always really personal. It's always deep. It always brings me something totally new. So speaking from the heart in this moment, in my body, you guys, I feel really stressed and I actually have been, I have been all week. I don't know what it's, what's kind of, what's moving inside of me right now. I mentioned I had a little bit of a complaining type of day and I have that tendency to drop into a complaining mode when things don't go my way. I think because I'm very used to making things go my way. And then when they don't, or whenever we have a hurdle or something unexpected, something crazy, we had a few of those kind of very challenging business moments happen within our business this week. Uh, actually, a few days in a row where every day there was like another thing that made, made us go, what? You know, how is this possible? Like, how did this slip through the cracks? Or why is there a fire that needs to be put out over there? Just like lots of stuff that kind of came up all at once, which is usually how running your own business works. You know, you go through these moments of total calm and then it's like insanity and then it gets calm again. And right now it's a little crazy. So I've been really been reflecting on, you know, my inability sometimes to bring about peace in a stressful situation. And then it kind of makes me wonder, is that the point? Are we supposed to always, no matter what's thrown our way, are we supposed to always try to make peace with it right away, right away, like immediately? I don't know. I think that's kind of, at least that's what I've been meditating on this week. It's kind of an unrealistic standard to uphold. You know, if I think about myself as this person that has to manage everything really, you know, perfectly all the time, and I have to be a really great boss and you know I can't have any flaws and I have to be easygoing and you know focus on love and kindness all that stuff you know it's beautiful and I try to live my life that way as much as I can but I'm a very human person I have a lot of sides to my personality that are super challenging I mean as 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 anybody you know I'm super impatient I want I want things done right away I don't like to wait you know I can get really frustrated when things take a long time and, you know, living on a Caribbean island, that's kind of kind of how life works here. You know, no one is really in a rush to do anything. And sometimes it drives me crazy to the point of like, okay, I'll just do it myself. You know, which isn't very empowering to do as a boss in any situation. So I've kind of been, I don't know, I've spent this week confronting myself in a variety of ways. And it's been kind of... Yeah, it's been it's been kind of interesting. I wanted to share uh, a couple of real life stories from this week this week that really gave me, you know, a massive aha epiphany, like what the fuck moment that's kind of um yeah, that represents this contrast for me in a really good way. So it's hard for me to talk about, you know, specifics when it comes to business and our employees and, and things like that. I don't like to talk about drama when it's drama in the moment. And right now we are going through some minor drama within the business so I'm gonna use uh, another 
crazy situation as a little analogy for what's for what this whole week has been about because maybe you're going to resonate too or I kind of think that you do. So something that happened this week that's been really intense <laughs> is that Ringo, my dog, our Italian greyhound, if you guys, you know, you guys know Ringo. Ringo's my baby. He's the OG baby. He's an Italian greyhound. He's really little. He, you know, he was the baby before we had the baby. So he travels the world with us. He sleeps literally draped across my chest. Like he's my baby, 100%. Any dog owner, you, you, you know this feeling. So he was attacked by our neighbor's dog this week. And it's been this kind of long and drawn out thing that's been building up literally over, I think, a year, a really long time, this issue we've been having with our neighbors. And when this all blew up and Ringo got attacked by the dog, I ended up ranting about it on social media. I picked up Instagram story and I was like, you know what? I've had it. And it escalated into this crazy thing that in the end, I ended up deleting everything I'd shared, which I never, ever, ever do. I mean, I, I, I share everything <laughs> normally. And I, I never, normally never regret sharing anything at all. I, I very super rare for me to ever delete something or, you know, uh, if I make a mistake when I share something online, I'd rather own up to that and apologize or have a discussion or, you know, like I'm, I'm all about good discussion online. So actually, yeah, removing something from my social media, it's, it's super rare. So What's been happening is this. We, we live in a, in, a, in a part of Aruba that's really quiet. It's on the north shore, the north coast. There's almost no houses here. We literally have almost no neighbors. Our street is a dead-end street. So we have no people that drive by. There's no traffic. We don't even have a paved road. It's all dirt road, all cactus. It's a really dreamy place to be, but, but literally no neighbors. We have this one neighbor who lives who lives next door who we don't really know, which is kind of odd. Like I'm a very social person. We've lived here since 2013, so that's six years. And then we have these neighbors that live kind of close that we don't know. And I don't know, I don't know what it is if there's just this energetic block, but we never, ever run into each other, ever. It's weird. I mean, after a few years of living here, we were like, well, how come we never see these people? Like, there's never been this organic moment where we even got to like introduce ourselves. Like, hey, we bought this house and how are you? And, you know, because it was just, we never see each other ever. I think our schedules are different or they must leave the house when we're already not there. I, I, I really don't know. I feel like it's an energetic thing. And, you know, everything's been fine. But then about a year ago when the baby was yeah around a year old, something started happening with the neighbor's dogs I don't know what the fuck happened like if they one of the dogs like had a change I don't know or, or they like got a new dog I don't know something happened where everything went from being kind of chill to our neighbors having these totally insane dogs who would not stop barking I mean they won't stop barking and this started like a year ago when the baby was little and she has her room, like the bedroom downstairs. It's right where these dogs are. And, you know, she had that bedroom for a year and it was totally quiet, no problem. And then all of a sudden there's, there, there are these dogs there barking, 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 barking. So they started waking her up all night and they'll bark and then they trigger other dogs in the area and then they'll bark and it becomes this kind of symphony of insanity, maybe five or six times a night. And it lasts for like 20 minutes. I mean, it's like these dogs won't shut up crazy so it's been you know really frustrating for me because the baby has been waking up because of these dogs and she cries and then sometimes I have to go in and it's a whole thing and then like put her back to sleep and then the dogs go off again and she wakes up again and it's become this 
frustrating thing, you know. So then after a while of that, I really like, I was like, Dennis, hey, we have to talk to these neighbors. Like, I mean, they must hear them bark. Like, it's imp- how do they sleep? Like, we can't sleep and we're not in that house. Like, that's their house. That's their yard. Like, what is going on? We have to talk to them. I'm like, probably they're not aware of the fact that this is bothering us. You know, I mean, if they knew, like, they would do something about it. Like, it's crazy. And Dennis doesn't like confrontation right? I mean, you guys know this already. He's not a, not, not a confrontational guy, even small things, little things. Like he would never, for instance, send his food back at a restaurant, even if the food wasn't what he ordered. Like he's that kind of guy. He just doesn't want to make a fuss, doesn't want anyone to be upset. You know, like he'd rather just like, oh, this is not what I ordered, but I'm sure this is great too. You know, and then he would eat that. A story I, I tell a lot to kind of explain the, the genuine, massive heart this kindness that sits inside of my husband is we once ha- had a elect- minor electrical problem with one of our fuse boxes at the house. We brought in an electrician. I wasn't here. And then as as the electrician was there, something happened ele- electric- electricity-wise in the house. And something went boom. And and smoke came out of the fuse box. And, and then it was like, it was super weird because it was obvious that it was the electrician who did it. And then he asked, he's like, hey, what happened? Oh, nothing, nothing. Everything's fine. And he's like, okay. And then he goes to grab something out of, out of the fridge and the fridge is broken, totally broken. And it was kind of like, not a new fridge, but it wasn't ancient. It was like a normal fridge and it's totally broken. And then he's like, so what happened? He's like, yeah, I, th- I think it's broken. And then this is like, okay, can you fix it? He says, no. And then he says, okay, did you fix the problem that you came here to fix? no and he says okay and then he pays him (laughs) pays him in full and sends him on his way (laughs) so when I come home I'm like we have no fridge we have to buy a new fridge the fridge is it's not fixable because that's how much the guy broke it and the original problem still isn't fixed we still have the fuse box problem and now we have this whole electric electricity electrical I guess mess and I'm like you paid him like, why would you pay? Are you crazy? Like, what? You know, you, you can't pay someone who like didn't do what they came to do, were hired to do, and then they bro- break our shit and you pay him. He was like, but he was kind of young and I felt bad. You know, it would suck for him to go back to his boss and be like, yeah, you know, I, di- I didn't get pay- I didn't do the job I was going to do. So I just felt like it's okay. It's okay. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like that's how kind Ben is. He's just, yeah, too kind sometimes. So anyway, so when I told him like, hey, I'm going to have a little talk with our neighbors about this dog situation, he freaked out. He's like, no, 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 no. We're not going to, please don't start a thing with the neighbors. Like, you know, we live here. We don't want to have a neighborhood issue. I'm like, why would this be an issue? I'm just going to like in a friendly way, let them know that there's a problem with these dogs. I'm like, for sure. They don't know. I mean, they, they know that, that maybe they don't even know we have a baby. I don't know. They don't know that their dogs are keeping our baby up at night. Like if someone told me that, that our dogs were keeping their baby up all night, I would be mortified. I would be like, oh my God, I'll, I'll fix that right. Like, you know, I'll fix it right away. So of course, you know, they just don't know. That was my kind of thinking. So I was like, I promised him I would be really nice and really kind and do it in a good way and, and all that. And then we, again, months passed and it's just, we never saw them. And then I started like lingering outside the house a little bit and then rang the bell. No one's answering. Like, no, there's not even a car there. Like, I really like felt like I was trying to make contact with them, but it's just never aligned. And then one day, and this is like six months back, I pull up to the house, ask the woman living in this house next door, pulls up as well, which literally never happens. And then she waves at me and I'm like, oh, hey. And I just kind of like, 
you know, with a baby on my hip and I kind of run over and she, and then she's like, oh, you know, like wasn't expecting me to come over. Like it was a little bit awkward. And I said, hey, you know, it's so strange. We've lived next door to each other for so long and we know we never run into each other. And she says, uh, no, we don't. And I just said, okay, well, you know, there's something I wanted to talk to you about if, if you have a second. And then right away I could tell she was really not into that. Like she took a step back when I stepped a little closer, you know, like, I don't know if she just, yeah, maybe she had something to do or a place to be or I don't know, but I kind of felt it felt her as a little bit standoffish. Like she didn't want to talk to me. And then I started sharing and I made a huge effort to be really friendly and not attacking and, and to be like, you know, uh, you know, maybe you don't know, but we have a, uh, an almost two year old uh, and she sleeps, you know, her bedroom is right there. And you know, your dogs, they're uh, really loud at night. I don't know if you know, but kind of they bark a lot and, and all night long. And, and my baby, she wakes up a lot. So it's been a little hard for us with a baby waking up. And then this woman, what she, she looks at me and she says, so? <laughs> and I go, what? She says, so? How, how is that my problem? <laughs> and my jaw like dropped to the floor completely. And I was like, well, um, I just thought that maybe there's something you can do. She says, well, what am I supposed to do about that? There's nothing I can do about that. And I was like, well, I'm sure there's something you can do. Like, you know, like you could put the dogs inside or maybe the dogs could be on the other side of the house and not like directly next to our house, like the one wall that divides our like gardens, you know? And she kind of looked at me like I was insane, literally. And she was like, yeah, um, I don't think so. You know, I could talk to my husband, but yeah, no, like that. And then she kind of like excused herself and left. And for me, this was such a, it was such a, an arrogant moment, you know, and I'm kind of thinking back at it now, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like, was it really that bad? But I remember like I went back in the house, I called Dennis and I was like, hey, I just like met the neighbor. She literally like said, no, this is not my problem. And, you know, so what am I supposed to do about that? Like, I can't, I'm like, I was like in shock. Like, what? She doesn't even care. Like, what, what the hell? Like, who, who does that? Like, that's crazy. So this was six months ago. And since that happened, like kind of getting that arrogance or being met with that arrogance and this kind of non-willingness to even, you know, maybe there is nothing she could do, but that's okay. But she could like, you know, take a look at it, you know, or be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Let me, let me, let me see. Or, you know, there was like no willingness at all for any dialogue. So from that moment on, this was six months ago, I started resenting this woman kind of intensely, like a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to use the word hate because I don't know her well enough for that. But after this moment, it kind of became this dividing moment where before the dogs would wake the baby up every night. And my line of thinking was, oh, they don't know that the dogs are waking up our baby. So, you know, it's not, I can't resent them because it's like, they're not aware. To me telling her, her saying, well, how's that my problem? That's not my problem. Like, you know, your life, you figure, you figure it out, bye. To every time the dogs barked at night, my line of thinking went, you know, that fucking neighbor <laughs> who doesn't give a shit, like who literally is okay with the fact that their dogs bark nonstop, 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 wait, knows knowingly waking our baby up, you know, every three hours all night long. Like, how do they sleep at night? And it's it became this thing where 
you know, actually in the beginning, it wasn't like, I wasn't like, you know, killing myself over it. But I started building this resentment inside of myself because I literally felt like they didn't give a shit. They're just super arrogant. They don't care. They know our baby's up all night and they're just going to let the dogs continue barking right outside our baby's window. You know, so that I really started resenting them from this moment on. And I wasn't really aware of it until now. And and this whole thing happened with Ringo. But imagine every single night for six months, two or three times a night, I've had like a a negative or resentful thought about the people living next door. Like it's every time the dogs bark in the night, I'm like, fucking dogs, fucking dogs, fucking neighbors, like, oh, like so pissed. And it's been building, 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 but there's nothing really I could do, right? Like I tried and she's not willing and whatever. So all of this has been kind of culminating until what happened this week. So over the past few weeks, this dog, who I'm assuming is the craziest dog of the neighbor's dogs, has been starting to get out of their yard. So he's climbing all the way over this huge wall that the neighbors have and he's chasing our car every day every day we pull the car in the dog is out there chasing biting our tires we pull the car out he's chasing biting our tires to the point where I've been scared to take the baby out in the street literally I just I've just I've, I've had this feeling that you know I, I don't know this dog he might be in the street he's not on a leash he's kind of like aggressive he's the one barking all night long like I don't feel good about the baby you know being on our quiet little road alone I mean with me like I, I want Dennis to come out if we're going to be outside because I'm just I'm just nervous about this dog so it's been building over the past few weeks because this dog has been in the street and then it all culminated this week where he <laughs> jumps over this huge area of their house and full-on attacks Ringo. I mean, massively, super scary, full-on, full-on, full-on attack. And Dennis kind of, <laughs> like, I feel so bad that Dennis was was there for this. Like, he had him in his mouth, full-on, and picked him up off the floor, and then, like, smacked him back on the ground. And Dennis said there was a moment where he was sure, like, Ringo's gonna die. Like, there's no way. He's this big German shepherd dog. Ringo's this tiny little dog. It's just, it's just really, it's just horrible. Like it's hard for me to even think about. And the, the the sweet thing is, or kind of the sad thing is that Ringo never fights with anybody ever. He's never fought with any dog. He's never growled at anybody. Like he's always kind of the bottom of the food chain, <laughs> like kind of sweetest dog. Like he's very submissive to any other dog. And that he said that he stood there wagging his tail. As soon as he thought, saw the dog coming, he was like wagging his tail. Like, let's be friends. Let's be friends. And he kept wagging his tail all the way up until the moment where the dog attacked full on bit him. It was like he wasn't, he was expecting things to be okay, <laughs> but they weren't okay. So anyway, Dennis comes inside like fully distraught. Like, you know, Ringo's bleeding. There's a lot of blood. He has these two big puncture wounds, one on the outside of his butt and one on the inside, like upper inner thigh. And it's, you know, pouring blood. Goes to the vet. Vet says, you know, they can't stitch it because it's puncture wounds, so it could be infected. And after this, we basically had now all these days where four times a day, we have to take Ringo outside, clean the wound with saline solution, put antibiotic cream. He's on antibiotics. And the hardest thing is that Ringo sleeps in our bed. He lives on the couch. <laughs> I mean, he's not like a dog who's on the floor. He's a dog who's like in our, in a lap on a pillow, you know, but he's been actively bleeding now for five days. So uh, kind of since this happened, it's just been, you know, if you put aside the fact that Ringo could have died, like the fear of something happening to him, like all of that aside, just it's been, it's been a kind of a hard week, (laughs) all of this happening. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. 
Even though I haven't lived in Sweden for over a decade, I still celebrate midsummer every single year. It's just a must. It's a staple celebration in Sweden. It's one of the biggest celebrations we have because I think winters are just too long and cold and dark in Sweden. So when June comes around, we celebrate the beginning of summer, a huge, amazing time in our lives of sunshine and warmth. We really, really deserve it. Of course, the best part of a real midsummer celebration is all the delicious food that we eat. Everything we put on our plates reminds me of my childhood. And this year, my mom was here to celebrate too. So her and Dennis made all the foods from scratch. I was kind of spoiled. I was working, so I couldn't cook, which was amazing. I got to go home and just eat. It was so, 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 so special. From Swedish seal, which is a kind of pickled herring that we eat in Sweden. We veganized it, of course. And then we had dill potatoes, salad, soups, vegan meatballs, sausages, strawberry cake for dessert. It was just amazing from start to finish. I've been looking for more creative ways to pack more protein into my diet. And summertime soups and salads with some added grains are a great vehicle for flavor and proteins. Combining seasonal fruits, greens, and herbs with Bob's Red Mill grains made for an especially magical midsummer meal. My mom is a huge fan of Bob's Red Mill too, and thanks to them, it's possible for us to eat healthy and cook delicious food for all of our family and friends. This company is employee-owned, so you already know they care deeply about the quality of what they create. They have been offering organic, gluten-free, and stone-ground products for decades. From their mill straight to your table for any meal or any celebration. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yogagirl and enter for a chance to win some really fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected by random selection every month. So after this, you know, I, I was like, Dennis we're going over there now and we're gonna fucking like bring it down like I will not live like this I will not no way in hell I will not live like in a world where I can't take my daughter out in the streets to learn how to ride her bike like where we can't go for a walk outside our own house where we're like worried for our lives because there's a rabid dog there attacking you know our dogs like who's next like this is not we can't live like this so we give these people one chance we tell them like this happened and if they don't like you know do something about it we call the cops like that's it we you know and we walk over and even Dennis I think because he was so scared about you know actually losing Ringo it made him kind of fired up we walk over <laughs> we walk over like like almost like we're ready to pounce you know we're ready for confrontation we're ready almost like we're ready for this neighborhood feud to begin right now and we knock on the door and this woman opens the door and as I'm about to launch into like, you know, ah, like almost like I'm ready to yell at her. She almost starts crying and she opens the door and she like opens her arms and she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so, so sorry. Please come inside. And I'm like, what? Like I'm so thrown off by the fact that she's so sad and vulnerable and, 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 and apologetic. And, you know, I'm like, what? what and she says yeah you know but my husband told me what happened Dennis had sent her husband like a, the vet bill I guess my husband told me what happened and I've just been since you told me that our dogs were waking up your daughter I haven't been able to sleep at night and I was like what <laughs> what do you mean I, I didn't think she was like yes I wanted to show you I, I've been trying to catch you here outside the house but but it's like our schedules don't align so I never see you guys but since you told me uh, I, f I was a little caught a little off guard when you told me but since that moment we've been building uh, a wall 
on our property, dividing the property and an area for the dogs on the other side. But it's it's going a little slow because, yeah. And and then and I'm just looking at her. I'm like, what what are you talking about? And then she takes us to the other side of the house, and there's literally actively four guys working in their garden, building a massive wall, like dividing their whole property in half. I mean, like they must they've worked on this since since I told her that our baby was waking up at night. And I, I mean, and I, and I, I, just, I couldn't even speak because I've been literally resenting her for six months, thinking that she doesn't give a shit. Where actually the truth was, she was mortified, you know, felt a little bit like attacked, probably in the moment when I told her, you know, they're also Dutch. So I think there's like a little bit of a culture difference there in terms of, or like a language barrier, maybe even. And they've spent six months literally on their own, building a massive wall, dividing their whole property to keep their dogs on the other side of their house so that they won't wake Lea Luna up at night. <laughs> and I was just like, I started crying. I was like, I've spent six months like resenting you. Like I've been so upset every time these dogs have barked. I've had this feeling like you don't care. You know, like nobody cares that we have a two-year-old that's waking up all night. Like I've been building this resentment. And then the reality is actually the opposite of that you know probably they didn't have you know the money to do a whole huge wall like that in one go it's taking t- some time they're doing it poco poco slowly like a little bit at a time but they're doing it and then like we go to like the front where kind of this area where the dog has been jumping over over and as she's showing there's like two other guys actively there working putting these things at the top of the wall like an extra layer of fence raising their wall another meter so that the dog will never be able to escape the yard again and she like brings us all the way into the house she sits us down she brings us water and she just kind of explain and and and, and, you know and then this dog comes up to me he's super sweet he's like one of those dogs that are like in when you see him quietly in person he's a super chill dog but I guess with other dogs not cool and it was just this like I don't know we were there for like 20 minutes I I almost couldn't speak because I was in such shock like the just the fact that the story I had been telling myself and Dennis and my mom and like everyone around like you know about these dogs and this family and they don't care and they're just mean and you know this story I was telling myself building up so much resentment and really bad energy it was it was, it was all fake like it wasn't real none of it was real <laughs> so I took this one single simple moment one encounter with a person who I didn't know. Like, I don't know how she normally reacts to things. Like, I have no idea who she is. I took, I wanted her to to react in a specific way that I had expected in my mind. She didn't react in this way that I wanted her to react when I told her the baby was up at night because of the dog. And then from that one tiny little moment, I built this whole story of who our neighbors are. And I've been causing myself so much trouble (laughs) because of this. I've literally been sitting with so much resentment uh, for this, I haven't been sleeping well at night, literally. So it's, it hasn't even been like, oh, I'm awake because the dogs are barking. It's like, I'm awake, the dogs are barking, and now I'm resentful. You know, I've been kind of sleeping or not sleeping with this resentment in my body, in my mind, in my heart for half a year over something that actually, like, I should not have been resenting at all. Actually, like, if I was aware that, hey, they took that super seriously. They reacted exactly the way I thought they would react. They were, you know, super kind, really compassionate people. They're investing their own money to make a massive construction shift in their house, in their garden to accommodate me and my baby because I said something like, what? 
how kind is that? How fucking nice is that? How amazing is that? Now I'm like on the other side of like, who does that? <laughs> like, like, that's crazy. First it was like, well, they should do something. Like, this is crazy. They're waking our baby. Like, what? why should they actually? Like, it's my baby. <laughs> like, this is my house over here. That's their house over there. They don't owe us anything. We don't know them. We're not even friends. Like, actually, you know, common decency, you know, whatever idea I had in my he- in my head about anything. Like, it's my idea about how other people should react. Not actual life, not their reality, not their ideas. Their, you know, it was, yeah. We left there anyway. I had to hug her. I was like, this is like, I'm so thankful. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They paid the vet bill for Ringo. And she said, you know, this will never happen again. He will never be in the street again. You know, and, and the, the dogs won't be barking anymore. And, and, you know, we're taking care of this whole thing. And we would love to have you guys over for a glass of wine or, or a drink or, or, or something in the future. We would love to get to know you. And I was like, <laughs> we left there. And I was like, looking at Dennis. <laughs> crying completely and there was like there was nothing to say there was no words you know and I mean in the big scheme of things this is like a small it's not a huge life-changing massive event or whatever but it's a really beautiful example of how we can take something that actually means nothing like in Sweden we have the saying I mean for sure there's a saying in English too I just can't think of one in Sweden we say um, which means you make a hen out of one feather so I took the little feather of this one encounter and I created this whole big thing, right? And, and how something so simple, so easy um, can turn into a shit show <laughs> and maybe like totally implode in your life and create all this drama and trouble for no reason at all. And for me, this was just the, I'm telling you guys this whole story now. It doesn't put me in a really good light. Like I wish I could say, yeah, and you know, and every time the dogs bark at night, I... I close my eyes, I take a deep breath and I send them some love, you know? Yeah, I would love to say that, but that's not the truth. (laughs) I haven't been sending them love. I've been sending them like the wrath of fury (laughs) every night, you know, sleep deprived, pissed as fuck. Like I have not been at all compassionate or zen or calm at all about this. And I just want to share this, you know, very human, non-attractive, not beautiful, kind of ugly side of me that created this whole thing for no reason. And actually there was an opportunity there. Like I could have, one, I could have cut her some slack. Two, I could have checked in. I could have give, could have given it more than one try, right? To talk to them. If I would have gone back or next time I saw her, like stopped her instead of resenting her, be like, hey, you know, how's that going? Like any update or, you know, just, just to maybe to connect and say hi, I would have given her the chance to tell me like, hey, just so you know, like we're fixing this problem that, that, we, that we had. And it wouldn't have been a thing, but I just wrote her off right away. I didn't give her any chances at all. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. We all have a story, and that dates back to the beginning of the human race. All of our ancestors that came before us had a story too, of course, leading to the beginning of our own. To track these stories over time, it's absolutely fascinating. I've learned when my family came to Sweden, where they were before that, why some of them left, and so many different life events that shaped each one. Thanks to science, technology, and public records merging together, we can dive deeper into our own history than ever before. And you can too. 
combining the ancestry DNA test with billions of historical family records. Who knows what you'll be able to discover? And if you think that's all, Ancestry gives you so much more than just the places you're from. You can connect to places in the world where your story started using precise geographic detail and clear-cut historical insights. You can even trace your ancestors' journeys over time, following how and why your family moved from place to place. To amplify your results, you can start a free trial on Ancestry and build a family tree so your ancestors become more than just a name. They've combined DNA results with over 100 million family trees and billions of records to give you more insight into your genealogy and origins. Only Ancestry can tell such a rich story with unique features that give more complete pictures about each person, like events, what shaped them, what school they attended, how they made a living, what they were great at. I can't help but to think of years from now, maybe Leah Luna's great-grandchildren will learn about a girl who fell in love and moved to Aruba and changed the course of the family history. Go to Ancestry.com slash Yoga Girl today for 20% off of your Ancestry DNA kit. That's Ancestry.com slash Yoga Girl for 20% off of your Ancestry DNA kit. Ancestry.com slash Yoga Girl. I can't remember where I'm getting this term from. Is it AA? You talk about character flaws. Are you guys re- are you guys remembering me talking about character flaws on this show? So we all have character flaws. We all have parts of our character that aren't, you know, peaceful or loving or beautiful or perfect. But that side of ourselves where, yeah, we, we do shameful things sometimes. We get jealous. We get needy. We get clingy. We get frustrated. Maybe we even get, you know, violent in our minds or physically. Like we all have these sides of ourselves that aren't, you know, aren't awesome, aren't beautiful. We get greedy. We want to take and take and take and take. And we kind of feel like there's never enough for us. We have to do do this and do that. And I am in the practice right now of looking at all of that. <laughs> it's kind of a hard practice to be in. It's much nicer to meditate on, on love and kindness than it is to meditate on your inability to be compassionate with other people. And I had to sit with that. Like, hey, like what, what was it inside of me in that moment that that couldn't extend compassion to that situation, that couldn't extend compassion to, to these neighbors, these people who I know nothing about, you know, that was willing to make so many assumptions about them without, without knowing anything really. What is that side of me? And yeah, and it's, it's that side of me that thinks, one, I have a side to myself where I think I'm always right. It's a big one. It's a big character flaw to have. I, I feel like I'm always right. I, I, I'm always like that. I assume I know better than everybody else, which is not true. You know, um, it makes me kind of arrogant in situations like that, where I I put myself above other people. Like I know better, you know nothing. Or in a situation like this, kind of I make myself the victim, like poor me and my poor baby who can't sleep and look at these terrible people. And, uh, you know, and from that place of victimhood, you can't really do anything. <laughs> you know, like being the martyr, like poor me, poor me. No, not not super cool quality to have. But we all have qualities that aren't necessarily you know beautiful or easy to look at but they're a part of us right they're a part of us for a reason they've cultivated inside of ourselves for a reason and the thing is and this is like a kind of the big thing that I want to get at we don't know what kind of battles other people are facing and yeah I have my own battles right I need to sleep at night (laughs) like obviously you know I can cut myself some slack in this conversation too I can justify that. Like I wasn't sleeping. I get irritable. I need to sleep at night. Fuck yes. My baby needs to sleep at night. All of that. But I think in any given situation, whatever it's about, 
there is a little window open for each of us where we can choose to invite more love into that situation. There is. And we have to remember that. We have to, we have, to have that moment where we can catch ourselves before we dive headfirst into drama or headfirst into assumption like I did or headfirst into kind of sealing the deal, case closed, I know everything. This is what that situation is. You know, we just, we make those assumptions. Truth is we don't actually know everything. And we have to remember or remind ourselves that, hey, can I take a moment to pause here? Can I take a breath? Like, where is the love in this situation? And I think if I would have asked myself that then, you know, I don't know what they're going through over there. Maybe, like, what if that woman, like, maybe she had those three dogs, they're, they're picked up off the street, but they don't want dogs, but they have ended up with dogs because they're out of the kindness of their hearts and they literally don't know what to do. Maybe they're not sleeping at night because of these dogs. Maybe these dogs represent something totally different. Like, you have no idea. You know, I, can, I only know my piece of this. And as I was contemplating this, and of course, we spent the whole next day, me and Dennis, like, what? Like, you know, can't, like, all of a sudden, I, I look over to the neighbor's house. Like, I'm looking at their house right now. And I'm like, oh, what lovely people. <laughs> How beautiful are these people? Seriously, like, I still don't know them. I mean, I still don't know. Like, they, you know, who knows, like, what, what people really, really, really are. But, like, actually, like, looking over there now, like, how kind of them. How nice of them to, to be so thoughtful to us. Like, how sweet. How awesome that we live next to these awesome people. Like, I just, I feel so much love for them right now. And I could have had this situation end up where I literally hate my neighbors for the rest of our lives. You know, we might live here until we die. Who knows? And at the end of the day, the person I'm creating trouble for is myself, the person who has to sit with that resentment and live with that resentment and hold that resentment and sleep and not sleep with that resentment is me, right? Resenting someone, it's not really going to hurt the other person. It's going to hurt you in the end. You're the one dragging that resentment along. It weighs us down. It makes things really, ugh, you know, it, it makes all of life a little bit kind of harder to, to move through. And as I was contemplating this, because I had to really, really sit with that. And it's also part of part of me feeling that my needs are bigger than other people's needs. And I think we all have that in a, in a way. Like we're all looking out for ourselves. We're all looking out for our families. We're all looking out for our loved ones. Of course, like we see, you know, our proximity here is our closest people. Those are the people who we're going to really worry about first, right? So yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worry that my baby isn't sleeping. And of course be super freaked out what if she's attacked by a dog in the street and all that stuff like them but we're kind of closed off in our mindset in that way where we just look at us and ourselves and me and mine and I think if we're able to open our eyes and extend that that love that support that kindness a little bit further like how about one further degree of separation you know how about we also worry about the people that we don't know that are in our in our proximity like the people we live next door to we actually, you know, are fighting their own battles in their own way. And we maybe have no idea. And I was really thinking about this and talking to Dennis about this and like, Hey, do I do this a lot? And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, and not, not to this extreme. This was like a very clear example where I could step back and look at like, Whoa, you know, I created something really intensely negative out of something that wasn't even true. Right. And then it goes, well, yeah, kind of, but not, not in this sense, but you're really quick to judge people. And I go, and my first reaction is like, no, I'm not. 
like, what do you mean? I don't judge people. It's like, no, like, you know, we're so inclusive and my whole thing is building community and everybody being invited and like all the work we do in our retreats and trainings. It's about sitting with and holding space for all of our feelings and other people. And, and he says, yeah, like, of course, you're really good at that when you put on that hat. So when I put on that hat of like teaching or I put on that hat of, 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 of creating that sacred space, which isn't every moment of every day of my life. He says, but when it comes to regular day-to-day interaction, especially if you're tired or you're having a bad day or you're hungry or something's going on, you're pretty quick to judge. And then I had to sit with that. I, you know, I, I, that was a really hard thing to hear from your spouse, from your husband, who's the person who knows you better than anybody. Like, I judge people? What do you mean? And I had to sit with that. I had to digest that. I had to, oh, even speaking it out loud now, I'm like, fuck, I wish this was a podcast about all the ways in which Rachel is great. <laughs> Somehow this turned into all the, all the, Rachel and all her character flaws. Let's talk about that <laughs> out loud in front of everybody. This is indeed, this is therapy. Like, what the hell? But how about, how about we, we, we turn this into ourselves a little bit? Like, how, how do we judge Saying that that we're, that I'm not judgmental, saying that I'm that I don't judge other people, yeah, yeah, that's not true. I know that. I'm pretty quick to judge. I'm pretty quick to to kind of decide how I feel about a person, and then I get set in my ways, right? I'm really bad at giving second chances. So if something, I'm trying to find a real life experience, but if something happens in my life where it goes something goes wrong, or say someone betrays me, or they completely um, like fail in fulfilling something, say it's like work-wise, or I don't know, I, someone lets me down somehow. Let's use that as an example. Someone lets me down somehow. Then I'm really quick to write that person off. Really, really quick. So probably next week, I'm not going to give that person the same chance. You know, I'm not going to give them a similar task. I'm going to be like, yeah, I can't rely on that person for, for these things. So I'll do it myself or I'll move on to the next person or something like that. And I'm really quick to judge in that way and kind of judge them as not good enough for whatever that task was. Or maybe, you know, the reason things weren't working or maybe the reason things fell apart was, was, was something huge. You know, what if they're going through something really big in their lives? And instead of sitting down and being like, hey, do you need help with something? Do you need something? Can I support you in some way? I go, okay, you know, this is that didn't work. Okay, moving on. And then I go to the next thing. So yeah, I I judge quickly. And then what usually happens is because what what I have gotten really good at is venting all of this stuff with Dennis and not with other people. So I wouldn't go to that person and say, hey, like that sucked. I I will never give you that task again because you totally fucked this up. Like I would never do that. I would vent with it with Dennis. And then before it got to a place where I would actually like face that person and, you know, I would have digested it enough that, you know, okay, well, we'll put them in this position instead. Or maybe they're better at these kinds of tasks or these kinds of responsibilities. But in my mind, yeah, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm really set in my ways. And that sucks, right? So as I was contemplating this a lot and thinking about this and kind of like, oh, I want to be a better person. I want to continue to and continuously grow in myself. And I want my ability to to hold that kind of love and kindness and expand it to everybody. I want to keep growing into that all the time. And I think to do that, we can't sit on some pedestal and say, well, I'm always perfect. 
I'm great at everything. I'm always kind. I'm the sweetest, you know, because no, that's not true. We all have something vicious inside of us. We all have something jealous inside of us. We all have something greedy inside of us. We all have some side of us where we feel like we're not enough, where we judge ourselves and then that judgment extends out onto other people because that's how it works, right? We judge other people because we actually judge ourselves. Like, and then when I was really, really, really sitting with that, all of the stuff, like everything that I was kind of faced with and looking at that week, I could turn it around and see how I do that to myself times 1 million. Oh my God. I, there's no person in this world that I am harder on than myself. Literally. I can be so hard on myself. If I fail at something, if, if, I, if there's something I'm doing and I don't pull it off, I, I will literally beat myself up until, until there's nothing left to beat at. Literally. I have this very harsh, judgmental, kind of perfectionist side of myself where I expect myself to excel and exceed and do everything and never say no to anything and manage everything all on my own and not ask for help. That if I ever get to a place where I can't, it's kind of like my, my world falls apart. I, I have this very strong identity built around the fact that I have to do everything perfectly all the time. So, you know, when other people don't do things perfectly, I go like, oh my God, that's not acceptable. But really it's because I don't accept it in myself. It has nothing to do with that person, actually. All of those things, the way we judge all the people around us, it's a really great mirror to see how we're actually talking to and treating ourselves because that's where everything begins. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Hiring is challenging. Trust me, I know. Running different businesses in different places in the world makes it especially hard. But for any business, there's one place you can go where hiring is made simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses is connected to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter sends your job posting to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. A few simple clicks and you're all done. But ZipRecruiter's work doesn't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and then they invite them to apply to your job. This has changed everything. Now you can be sure qualified people will actually see your posting. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Get people you trust in less time so you can focus on the more important things like actually running your business. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Y-O-G-A. ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. If we're accepting of and forgiving toward ourselves, we're going to be accepting of and forgiving toward other people. And I can really sense how when I'm having a good day or when I'm feeling balanced, when I'm grounded, when I'm not moving through anything crazy, my ability to be forgiving is way easier, right? And then I'm more forgiving to myself too. I'm softer to myself, so I'm softer on other people as well. And then when I feel a lot of pressure or things get intense and I get really hard on myself, well, then I get hard on other people too. So really all of this work, it starts with you. It starts with you working on your own shit. Becoming a better better person toward other people, it has to begin with you dealing with what's inside of you so you can become a better person toward yourself, with yourself. Learning how to sit with this discomfort. And if we never look at it, if we never evaluate, hey, I had this drama happen here. Maybe you had a relationship that fell apart or 
you had someone leave you or someone betrayed you or you know yeah you asked someone to do something and they totally fucked it up and now you're in a in a in a mess because of it like whatever drama like big or small that you have around you i think the biggest thing you can really do in that moment is to look at your own part right so how do you have a piece in what happened in that moment how do you have some responsibility like what part of this can you own And it's a hard question to ask, especially if you've had something happen to you. And I'm not talking at all about trauma now. I'm not talking about systematic oppression. I'm not talking about racism. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about heavy things like that. I'm talking about little, you know, big or small day-to-day things like the examples I've mentioned right now, like drama in a relationship or something going on at work where you feel wronged or whatever it is. Like, where is your part? And your part is in there. (laughs) And that's what's really, really hard, especially if you've had someone betray you or, you know, you had someone do something bad to you and you feel like you're totally the victim in in that place. Well, somewhere along the way, you had your fingers in that pie, right? Somewhere along the way, you, you were part of creating that relationship, right? Somewhere along the way, you were either codependent or part in empowering that person to take that role. So for instance, when I look at that work situation that I had and when someone, someone, you know, failed at something important and then it created a mess for me and then I kind of write them off and like, oh my God, okay, well, what's my part? Well, first of all, I gave them that task in the first place. Did I expect them to succeed? And then I have to sit with that. I kind of knew like this is maybe a little bit over that person's head. And I'm telling myself, okay, well, I'm I'm giving them that because I want them to prove themselves or I want them to challenge themselves and I want them to rise up to this idea that I have of what they are supposed to be. But I already know that that's not the case, right? So somewhere in that, I had a part of creating and kind of setting up that situation that happened. Yeah, I did. Or maybe there is something about how I'm communicating to that person that makes that whole thing really challenging. Like, what's our part? We all have our fingers in all of these pies, (laughs) You guys, you have responsibility in all of the things, these types of things that come your way. And looking at that and looking at our, whatever it is that seeps out in those moments, whatever it is that comes out of you that isn't pretty to look at, right? Whether it's your anger or, you know, your fear of abandonment or your anxiety or your jealousy or your greed or shame or whatever it is that's there, it's yours, you got to own it. You got to own it as yours. One of my favorite quotes, I know know I've said it on the podcast before, but it's Wayne Dyer who said, if you squeeze an orange, orange juice will come out. Meaning, (laughs) if you're angry, it's because anger is inside of you, (laughs) right? So no matter what happened on the outside, no matter what triggered or squeezed you really tight for that anger to come out, it's your anger right? It's your anger. So for me, that resentment that came out every night, every time those dogs barked, that resentment that was like, and I'm putting the blame and I'm putting that resentment, the blame for that resentment on that woman. She should have taken care of these dogs. She should not have been, you know, doing that. She should have, la la la. I'm kind of making it her problem. Like it's, you know, the blame is hers, but that resentment is mine. I am resentful for a reason. Like, what am I actually resenting? Why is that resentment inside of me in the first place? It's there, right? It's mine. It's my responsibility to deal with that, to do it, to create something with it, to transfuse it, transmute it, to do something. 
to transform it, I mean, and to do something with it before it eats me alive and creates a shit show, which is what my resentment really, really, really almost sort of fully did. And so the kind of culmination of all of this, so this was this week, I'm talking about this with Dennis, sitting with it, writing about it, meditating on it, all of these things that I have, you know, so that I that I can get really clear on my character flaws and when they come up, right? When they're triggered, because each time they are, it's an opportunity to look at that, pause, step back, and then act differently, right? Not yell at the neighbor, (laughs) not rant on Instagram story, which is what I did right before I walked over there. I was like, okay, well, fuck this shit. Should I go to the police? Who am I calling? Fuck this dog, these people. I took Instagram story and I kind of ranted about what was going on with his neighbor and what should I do? asking Instagram for help. Like, I don't need help. I knew what I was going to do. I just wanted to vent, right? And then literally went over to the neighbor, had that moment, came back crying and deleted my whole story. Like, what the fuck just happened? And in all of that, I came to work the next, not the next day, I think two days later. And uh, and this was such a, such a beautifully, uh, you know, sometimes you feel like kind of the universe gives you a little brick on the head to teach you something. And then as you're learning that lesson, whatever it is, you might get a little mini brick to kind of like test you, you know, do you know what I mean? Once you're like something big happens, you learn with it, you figure some shit out and then something similar happens, but it's smaller and it's like an opportunity to, to do something different. So two days later, I'm at work and Dennis goes, he's like, your car is super, super dirty. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tell the guys from the car wash across the street to get the car and just, and, and give it a wash. And I was like, okay, we have this car wash right across the street. And I was like, okay, but I have to leave at noon because I have a really important meeting. I have to go. So it has to be back before that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it will be. And then I go to the cafe. I grab some coffee. And like, you know, 30 minutes later, this guy who owns the car wash is at the cafe. And he's like, hey, what's up? How you doing? He's like, I'm here to grab your keys. And I was like, cool, cool, awesome. And then I give him the key. And I was, he's like, I'll be back really soon. I'm like, yeah, I need it before 12 because I have to I have this meeting. And the guy's like, yeah, for sure. I'll be back before 12. Don't worry about it. 100%. Okay, bye. I work a little bit, you know, hour or two passes, whatever. I go to leave and I go to leave and it's like 12.20. I'm late for the thing I was supposed to do. I get all my stuff. I'm like on the way out the door, kind of rushed. And then my car isn't there, right? And then I'm like, what? My immediate reaction is like, what? Where's this car? And I know I'm like, oh my God, these guys didn't bring it back. I told like three people like how important it is that that the car is back. I turn around and I'm like, you know, could have a moment where I have to like call someone and be angry about the fact that my car isn't back but instead I was able to like okay let's let's take a breath you know is this at the end of the world (laughs) that the car isn't back no like literally does not matter at all like I can walk across the street and get my car my dramatic mind that wants to make everything that comes my way into some huge end of the world dramatic thing like I get so sick of this dramatic drama that my mind wants to create for me all the time so yeah no it's not the end of the world I called Dennis I was like hey the car isn't back do you know because I I don't know I don't know how to reach that guy and he says oh but that's so strange he really said it would be back like hey but don't be upset like I'm gonna get I'll I'll figure it out I'm like no I'm not upset it's okay like I just need it now because I gotta go and then I get the car like takes three minutes or something and then another guy from across the street comes like brings the, the keys like oh my god so sorry so sorry I said it's okay no problem thanks and then I left so it didn't become a drama. It didn't become anything, you know, and this is a really, really small thing, but I'm giving this as an example. Later in the day, Dennis was like, hey, you know, you know, I, I had to call the guy and ask, like, you know, because we, we can't, 
use that service all the time if they don't bring the car back when we need it. So I just wanted to kind of make sure that they do that. And then the guy said that he has a, uh, one of his kids has Down syndrome and he had to leave really urgently in the middle of what he was doing to go pick his child up from school because they were having a situation at school. And as Dennis speaks this to me, like he's, you know, telling me this, this thing, I can kind of feel the hairs on the back of my arms just stand up like all the way. And I'm like, dude, like I, what if I would have gone across the street and yelled or picked up the phone to get this number for this guy and yelled at some guy because my car is 20 minutes late and he's out, you know, dealing with his, dealing with his child, going through something really, really, really challenging at school, like having a really, really shitty day, having a really hard day, doing the best he can as a loving dad, you know? And I just had, it was like, it felt like just the final puzzle piece of this whole week of all of the things that I'm working with right now is that you have no idea what kind of battle the other person is facing or fighting right now. We have no idea. I might be sitting there annoyed that my car is late, you know, and then he's out there fighting something really, really, really hard. And I just felt really, yeah, really glad that I didn't dive into that place of of drama, you know, that I didn't have to make it a thing, that I could step back, take a breath, no big deal, you know, and actually in that moment have the full circle of, hey, and the same thing goes for everything that bugs us, everything that isn't working, everything, every time we have another person trigger us, fight with us, leave us, not do what they're supposed to do, fuck something up, fail, whatever. And we can go into that story of like, oh, it's not the way I want it to be. It's not the way I've decided it should be, you know, and judge them and write them off. We're actually, you know, that person might be going through, you have no idea what that person is moving through. We have no idea. What we know that we can do is reach our hands out and, and face that moment with a little more compassion, with a little more kindness, with a little more love. And the thing about that practice is it's, it's the easiest thing. It gets really hard if you're stuck in that cycle of, yeah, of, of, of like me, I had that week of like, oh, nothing's working this week. And then things that are small that don't matter become big, but they don't matter at all. Like what matters, what really mattered that day was that that guy could go and pick his kid up from school. Like that mattered. That was huge, super important thing. Fuck yes. Did it matter if my car was 20 minutes late? No. What did matter? I got that lesson in that moment. And I just feel right now, I feel... I feel like I kind of ranted this podcast. I feel like uh, I'm not having having a vulnerability hangover, but I feel like I've shared a lot of unattractive sides of myself in this show. And it's part of this work that I really want to do. And of course, I've had a thousand moments in my life where something didn't go my way and I was able to extend compassion and you know be kind and give them the benefit of the doubt and all that stuff. But that's not what this is about, you know pondering those moments is not going to make me a better person. It's not going to give me any type of growth, but digging through this stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. I really, really think it is. So that night when I went to bed, I always have a little moment before I go to bed where I write, either I write something that I'm grateful for about the day, or I write a little prayer for something that I'm, you know, praying for or longing for, for the next day. That night, I just took a moment to sat down in bed, to sit down in bed. And these, two people <laughs> that's two people who I don't know you know I don't know them at all um, but our neighbor and then this this guy at the car wash and just kind of 
send them as much love as I possibly, possibly could. And you can do that. You can do that with any person. I mean, and these are two strangers in my life, like people I don't know, but you can literally do this with, with anybody. You can do it with a stranger who serves you your coffee in the morning. You can do it with that challenging coworker that you have that you don't know how to deal with. You can do it with your partner who did something terrible to you, whatever, whoever, whoever you're struggling with or thinking about or pondering. You can take this moment, the moment this podcast has ended, to sit down, close your eyes, envision that person enveloped in love and light and hold your hands to your heart and send this person as much light and as much compassion, as much as support as you possibly can, really. And yeah, it's, it's easier to do with the people who we don't really know in our lives than it is with the people who've harmed us, right? The people that have wronged us, the people that have betrayed us, the people that have left us. But I think the, the closer we are to that person, the more life-changing it's going to be because what you do in that moment is that you allow for some of that resentment that you're holding toward them. You're allowing, it's like you're opening a window and you're airing it out by letting some of that love in, by letting some of that compassion in. It's literally like you're airing out a really tight and suffocatingly hot, dark room because resentment can't live in the same space in the same breath as compassion and compassion is too big compassion is too light compassion is too bright it takes over everything and then before you know it that resentment's going to be gone and i feel grateful also for my ability to sit with these character flaws to look at the parts of myself that aren't pretty you know to look myself in the eye and go hey that's not beautiful right that's kind of shameful that I was like that in that moment that's okay right it's okay and I can extend that same compassion and that same kindness toward myself because I am the way I am because of the battles that I am fighting I am the way I am because of the battles that I have fought that led me to this place sitting here right now talking to you so in a way I can be grateful for that too and I hope wherever you are in your life right now that you can invite some of that compassion to yourself in this moment right now, knowing that you're doing your best. And even if you've had those moments that weren't pretty in the past, doesn't mean that you're a terrible person. It means you're trying. <laughs> We're all just trying. I love you guys. Thank you for um, this therapy session. <laughs> and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you normally get your shows. Of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And thanks to my sponsors, Bob's Red Mill, Ancestry, and ZipRecruiter. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.